Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson with almost a voice. We're getting close to uh, being back to normal, whatever normal is. Today's guest is not a household word, unless maybe you live in Colorado, you probably know who Chelsea Luttrell is, um, but uh, she's an upcoming racer. <clears throat> She was at uh, Untamed New England this year and had a, we'll say, interesting race, but we'll talk quite a bit about that. I think if you listen to this podcast in a couple of years, you might be able to say, hey, that girl that's really doing well and on all those teams and doing fine and going to Worlds and really is uh, a major league adventure racer, I heard her back in the day. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for Chelsea see um, how her career goes. Not much more happening than that to report. Um, getting ready to go to Cowboy Tough in, what, a couple of weeks, week and a half. Um, should have some interesting things from there. We'll be, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to do some audio and things like that again and probably, probably have a uh, podcast from there and we'll see who we can round up. Um, other than that, uh, Black Hills 100 last week was good. Had got some great photos and some interesting video. And um, just trying to get healthy. So, um, you know the deal. deal. Uh, reviews on iTunes would be really cool if we could get some more of that. Um, if you need a videographer, photographer, audio guy for your race, your team, your event, whatever, um, I ain't free, but I'm relatively cheap, so you can get in touch with me. Um, you can always make a PayPal donation to Legendary Randy Erickson Films at gmail.com on PayPal. So um, that's enough for this voice. Let's uh, go on with the show. Thanks for listening. Go fast. Take chances. Hello. Chelsea, this is Randy. Hey. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. So can you hear me okay? Um, yeah, it's a little, I think it'll be okay. So um, talk to me for a little bit and I'll check it out. I am going to talk to Randy Erickson, legendary Randy Erickson. Yeah, that sounds, sounds, sounds pretty good. So I think we're okay. in, we're in good shape. I've actually cool. found that um, uh, actually talking to people on the phone it's better if they don't really have a good computer set up. Oh, you know, okay. You know, somebody just talking into the microphone on the computer is, isn't that great. So it works good. Yeah. So, cool. um, so are you all recovered? Well, <laughs> sorry, rolling my window up. Oh. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, pretty well. I'm sure I'm still not totally recovered, but, um, my body feels good on the shorter distance stuff and that's all I'm sticking with right now just to kind of maintain without 
taken a toll on my joints for hopefully Cowboy Tough. So you, you are going to Cowboy Tough then? Yeah, I think so. I was waiting on some blood work to decide whether I was healthy or not. Uh, healthy or not, because I was getting over mono at Untamed, so uh, um, <clears throat> it looks like I am on the mend finally. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good because I don't know. Probably everybody can hear it in my voice, but this is just about the first day that I've had enough voice even to talk to anybody. Oh, and really? I, yeah, I got sick like two days before I left for, for uh, Untamed. So it was, uh, it's been a long, God, like three weeks or something like that. So Yeah, I'm sure Untamed didn't help the cold because you're sleep deprived chasing teams around all hours of the day. Yeah, it, it, it was. And I really, it kind of sucked because I really felt like I had to stay away from people before the race started. Oh, yeah. You know, once the race started, I didn't care because, you know, everybody's going to get sick anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So that um, well, it's good. I hope you I hope you make it, to Cowboy Tough. So right. we can, yeah, we can do that. Um, so how long have you been adventure racing? Um, I think it's been about seven years now. Um, I was already married to my husband, and we saw an advertisement in the gym for an adventure race. So we thought I I grabbed him and talked him into doing it with me and mm-hmm. we both got addicted after that first one so you pretty remember, fun. yeah remember what race that was oh it's down in texas down in the dallas area okay so uh something down there yeah do you guys race together a lot or how's it working <laughs> well we started racing together um, and we trained together all the time and we'd do great and we we're about the same pace and all that. And then come race day, James' stomach would just turn on him like several hours in and he just couldn't do the same tempos and stuff anymore. And he kind of got tired of getting sick all the time and, and feeling like he was holding me back, which I didn't care. I just liked racing with him. Yeah. Um, but he thought, you should try and race with faster people, you know, that really push you. And, um, so he kind of helped get, helped me find some team members and kind of get more serious about it. And he was even my coach for a little while, which was pretty fun. <laughs> Is it, um, I kind of say, I, I know what he feels like. Cause I kind of do the same thing with Paulette and, and it's not, yeah. really, it's not really a coaching thing. It's more like, you know, go out there don't come home till eight o'clock tonight yeah <laughs> kick us out the door yep yeah yeah i think it's pretty helpful to have like when you talk about paula i'm like that sounds like james and me I, i'm always thinking about that when i'm listening to the podcast so yeah it's always helpful to have james uh, give me that boot out the door i need sometimes yeah i yeah it i think it is paula i think i've said this before I think the best time she ever had is when I broke my knee and couldn't do anything because her bike was clean all the time and all she had to do was go <laughs> ride. But, <clears throat> you were her, her manager? Yeah, pretty much. It <laughs> was interesting at Untamed that first night at TA3 because, um, you know, James was waiting for you guys. And you were a little slower, I think, than you planned. 
But yeah, um, for sure. It was so weird because I could see him, and it's and it's not that he's that you worry, and I and I know this because it's exactly the feeling I get. It's that you, we want you to be doing better. Does, yeah. You, does that make sense? Yeah. It, I know they can go faster. Why aren't they? And you kind of urge them on in your mind. Urge yeah. Them on in the, in the yeah. Yeah. So it was a yeah it was fun it was interesting to see him and, and <clears throat> know exactly what he was thinking. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so why have well you you guys did Cowboy Tough last year right? Yeah, me and Julian we just were a two person co-ed. Yeah. <clears throat> so and that's kind you know that's basically an expedition race. But what? Why did you decide to tackle Untamed? Um, I'd seen the footage and um, the teams that the caliber of teams that were going, and I just realized that that was the real deal. I've done other races and stuff, and but I've never experienced what Untamed looked like it would be, and um, so I thought I'd, I'd, and that's that's the ultimate kind of the. At the expedition, totally out in the wilderness, you know, it's up to you to survive, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I—that's what I want. That's what the kind of adventure I want. If I would have been alive in the explorer days back in the day, I would have been an explorer. So um, that's kind of what I like to get out of expedition racing—is the actual mm-hmm. expedition. Yeah, well, it it definitely is. Um, I'm going to assume that it was probably harder than you thought it would be, or did you know how what it was going to be like? It was physically, I think we knew exactly what we needed to do, how to prepare. Hmm. And for the most part, we were pretty well prepared. Like, endurance-wise, we had the endurance. Um. We didn't quite expect some of the terrain. <laughs> um, like our route choices, a lot of the times we'd be like, well, this is a logical route. It looks like it's low lying and there's not a lot of elevation gain. It's pretty straight. Let's take it. And we'd find out it's a swamp. And yeah. um, <clears throat> we, we encountered a few swamps and a few logging roads that bit us in the bum and then we had a hike a bike section through trees which so our route choices it sounds like from a lot of teams talking with a lot of teams that a lot of teams chose those same route options at first Uh but then they'd back out and opt for longer longer but maybe maybe easier yeah but we the only choice and we uh, learned the hard way that Maine has some brutal undergrowth and mm. lots of swamp. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a lot different than Colorado or here in the Black Hills. I mean, the first oh time I gosh. went, yeah, you just eat, and it goes forever. It, it's yeah. not like if you get through this hundred yard section, you're you're good. It just goes and goes and goes. You know, it's um. Hello. I'm still here. Hello. I'm here. Uh, I lost you. You said Uh-oh. it goes forever, and then it cut out for some reason. Oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I just saying it. Just 
it it never ends the undergrowth and the bushwhacking. Yeah. Yeah. All that those points up on the mountain tops, the the mm-hmm. three peaks. Those blew our minds. Like we were thought, surely we're missing something here because it was such bushwhacking that at one point going to the last one. The the lower bottoms of the trees were so thick that we had to kind of climb up to the tops of the trees, hold them onto the tops, and bushwhack through the middle and tops of the trees to get through. So we were like hanging from the tops of trees and swinging through. Wow! <laughs> and yeah. we just couldn't believe we were doing that. I mean, it just seemed crazy, but it was. Now that we're out of the trees. It's fun to think about, but there were moments where we were just stuck and couldn't move amidst the trees, and we were like, oh, we're doing something wrong here. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. You, you don't realize it. it. In my mind, probably years, you think, well, there's got to be a trail somewhere. We're just missing yeah. a trail. Yeah. And, and, then, and then there comes a point where it's like, no, there's not a trail. This is what we have to do. Yep. So, um. Let's kind of let's let's walk through the race because I think sure. and don't take this the wrong way, but you you guys are kind you guys were kind of uh, I don't want to say an average team, but I think what you went through <laughs> was what a lot of teams went through. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think you're very representative. Of, yes, a representative. Of, yeah. Well, we're Take, definitely not that elite level yet that we want to that you know the world championship caliber there were kind of two tiers i'd say of teams and yeah. we're definitely not that top tier well how would i mean but you guys really you did pretty well considering i think so right. do you think and we'll get we'll get back to the course as you know i just kind of wander but <clears throat> do you think you can get to that elitish level now that you've seen what it takes and and in what places like Untamed are like, do you think or do you yeah. want? Um, that's what I want. I don't know if all the team members want to be at that level. I mean, it's tough because we all have jobs and families yeah. and all that stuff, um, which everyone does. But um, you know, there's certain pro teams that actually are pro adventurers. Um, <laughs> which is hard to imagine. Um, but uh, I I want to be there. I don't know if I can get there. I, but I'm going to try my darndest to get as far as I can. Yeah. And I, and pretty much the rest of the team, they just want to push themselves to, you know, that highest level that they can, considering family and um, job and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, it's a big commitment. I mean, I think... Yeah. You got you've got some support, so it, it could get there. But um, and the other thing is, you're the navigator, right? I am. Well, I'm primary nav. Julian's a good nav navigator yeah. too, and so when I get a little loopy, I just hand it over to him for a while. And he actually does better on sleep deprivation than I do, so he ended up navigating probably fifty fifty on this race. So well, and I, I mean that's normal, but so. How did you get, how did you start navving? Um, I mean, was it just because you were going to race and somebody had to or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like racing solo. 
Um, and I like going out on adventures um, here in Colorado. So, yeah. you know, you kind of need to find your way home and find your way to all these cool places that you find on maps. So um, that kind of starts the passion for it, I guess. But truly, I, I, I really enjoy navigating, but I have a hard time navigating for a team because um, it's a whole different dynamic. Like, I'm If I'm going to make myself climb a mountain, okay, I'm going to make myself climb a mountain, but making three tired teammates climb a mountain is mm-hmm. hard because <laughs> I feel sorry. Yeah. So bad. No, I, I, I totally understand that. And I think, actually, I was talking with Mark Latanzi, and he says he never makes a mistake when he's by himself. But when you're with yeah. a team, you tend to lose a little bit of focus. Yeah, I do for sure. So, but, um, you know, and I think that's, you know, you just go out and have a lot, right? And you get yeah. better. And I always yep. thought... I always thought Bob Miller maybe was some sort of Superman, and it's just, no, he just does a lot of navigating. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, we, and I direct, I direct races. I just kind of like Bob, too. Um, I direct races, which requires that yeah. I get my checkpoint placements spot on. So mm-hmm. that is a good practice for me, for sure. Yeah, that's what I found has helped me a lot is setting up pro gains because yeah you definitely mm-hmm. need to know where you're at when you're putting a checkpoint in yeah yeah, yeah. Don't, don't like to hear anybody say it's a long shot yeah exactly so um okay so now let's get back to the race until i sure. i don't think i have add except when i'm on the podcast <laughs> so squirrel anyway um <laughs> So how did the how did the prologue go for you guys? Prologue started out kind of rough. Like we we did what I think a lot of teams did because we had a big group with us. Um, we started off um, not in the most direct direction. It wasn't like totally wrong, but it wasn't in the most direct direction because we I don't think anyone realized that the main road wasn't on the map, <laughs> and you kind of learned that as you were running. Yeah. You're like, oh, we need to correct here. And it turns out, like, I saw Columbia, they joined in with our group, too, so they took a wrong turn, apparently, too. But they're a lot faster, so they ended up pa- correcting and passing us. And, um, we ended up losing a lot of ground on teams because it was super muddy. Um, mm. In Colorado, you know, it's dry. It's yeah. really dry. Yeah. Um, so we're not used to running in bogs with rocks and stuff like that so I mean we were kind of careful just because we didn't want to turn our ankle in the first you know 30 minutes of, the, of a four four day race but um, I kind of wish on, in retrospect I would have pushed a little more and not worried so much it was all new mm-hmm. to you so that whole trend. yeah it was so, you know, did did you come out kind of where you thought you'd be when you got in the canoes, or? No, we were kind of further back than we'd hoped. Um, uh, just learning which trails to take in that muddy bog was a, a, a splash course into main terrain. Yeah. Um, 
And then, um, yeah, so we were a little further back, and we are like, okay, well, we're going to catch up. We're going to pass these teams that we should be in front of in the canoe. Yeah. Well, we thought we should be in front of them. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and we got about 10 minutes out into the paddle, um, three minutes, three of us in a boat, and Tom was on the fort, and um, the fort broke. And so the canoe was the rest of the canoe. We were trying to figure the best way out to have our third person in the middle mm. comfortably with, and still produce enough power to make the time. And I think we still ended up losing time on teams because we just couldn't get that third seat yeah. where yeah. it was efficient. So you had like two, yeah. <clears throat> two and a half paddlers. Yeah, two and a half hours, that's pretty much it. Um, and that, So Tom stayed in the middle on that way, and then since I'm not as powerful as him, we assume, um, since I'm a girl, I went to the in the middle the rest of the way. And so hopefully our loss was less, but I still don't know. I still think we weren't as fast as we should have been with a full three person. Well, but <clears throat> um, that's, that's a sign of a good racer. You never... You always want to be faster. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. yeah, but the downside of not paddling as fast is you ended up probably waiting a long time for the for the ropes, right? Yeah, that was a bummer. We got stuck for an hour and a half at the ropes. And, you know, we were just getting warmed up and had to take a, a long break. And, so that was a bummer. And, you know, if we would have gotten the credit back, that would have been nice, but I understand sometimes it doesn't work out quite, quite as hoped. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, and you you know that from putting on races, it's always so hard to yeah. figure out where to put a rope section. Oh my goodness, yes, because you got to worry about your workers. You, yep. you got to keep them alert, alert and healthy, and um, so you can't spread the races out too much, or else they the workers start getting tired and sloppy and. I can't put it, make it too early, or else there's a big bottle on there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always a conundrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, so, um, get done with ropes finally, and then start paddling again. Then, yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> chemo was pretty straightforward. That was kind of, a, I think that was kind of a fun section. You know, up, which, up to, which part? Uh, up Mount Chemo. Oh yeah, I liked that. That was pretty neat. So, I think um, you know, it's it was the one time in the race probably where you could see anything when you're up on the lookout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nice because we took a moment to kind of get our bearings because we we were pretty sure we were going to get caught out on the lake at dark, so we kind of wanted to have an idea of where we were going. Um, and so we used that lookout to get okay. a good idea and. That helped us at the very end of the lake paddle. Yeah, that, you know, that was smart. So do you guys get a lot of, I mean, do you do a lot of paddling? Are you fairly strong or is it? We, for color, Adams were pretty strong. For Australians, we're weaklings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's not a lot of water around here. Yeah. Um, but we're all kind of, we kind of fancy ourselves paddlers. Um, but you know, it's whitewater, it's not, yeah. or it's little, <laughs> little lakes, you know, it's nothing 
no. that requires a super strong, consistent paddle stroke. You know? Yeah. But so, so, we work on it, but yeah, I mean, it's like you said, you can't, can't if you don't have the water. How do you paddle, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, and in the winter time, it's always frozen, so you got to just kind of lift weights and do a weighted paddle in your garage or something. Yeah, well, we all we all can't live in Florida. <laughs> so, um, so after the paddle, you got done. Um, looked like you guys were in pretty good spirits when you got into TA3. Um, so then you had a actually had a big bike right after that. Yeah, the the bike. Yeah, and that was pretty good. That went pretty uneventful. I mean, we were just kind of trying to focus on consistent speed and not missing any roads and stuff. So, um, but the, towards daylight, though, that's when we had our so-called our uh, bike whack, which... Yeah. <laughs> between, yeah, be, yeah, between 14 and 15, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what other teams did. Some of them found a a trail, I guess, that wasn't on there. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. That was just rumor, but yeah, I think most um, of them just did what you did. Just you know, it wasn't that far on the map, so just go for no. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was. If, if we had been without bikes, it would have been a pretty easy bushwhack compared yeah. to the ones we'd experience later in the race. But with the bikes, it was pretty. You know, we were worried about damaging them, so we were pretty careful. Tried to be careful and still bike whack quickly. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, tough, but um, made it through, no problems. Well, you know that everybody had to go to the same places. So, um, <laughs> so when you got to the orienteering, the relay, our, I mean, your primary navigator uh, is everybody a decent navigator on the team or did you know because i've i've seen teams you know when they last time they did that that they were literally walking a teammate you know like okay you got to go 500 yards this way and then you go you know trying uh, to walk them through the whole thing but you, are you guys all good enough that it wasn't that big a deal yeah um i i didn't have my head screwed on straight at that point so i actually was probably the worst at that time <laughs> i was asleep sleepy and I took a nap but I was still groggy and um, kind of fighting some some demons you know that pop up every now and again like you're not doing good and stuff like that so I had to work through that some of that stuff on my solo orienteering section (laughs) but um yeah the rest of everyone they're good and you know they're not I I don't think Thomas fancies himself a navigator but he's he's you can make it happen, you know. Yeah. Um, that's all, all that needed to happen. Yeah. Well, sometimes people that don't think their navigators are better because they really pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I, that's true. You know, don't you find yourself sometimes when you're navigating thinking, you look at something and say, oh, well, I know what I'm doing. And you, and you yeah. didn't look at it close enough. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, crap, I missed that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it was a little, it wasn't that easy of uh of orienteering in there i think i told people before i got i literally got lost 500 meters from the from the lodge really yeah i mean 
just out, we're going to take a couple of pictures. And I didn't have a map. We just looked and said, okay, I'm going to go up to this, you know, I'll go up to this bend. And, and all of a sudden it's like, I don't have a clue where I am. And it was, yeah. and I'm thinking, well, okay, there's a lake somewhere over here. So, <laughs> so it, you think of it, you could get that lost right there. Man, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> it's really, yeah. you really got to think of what you're doing. So. Really? Yeah. I mean, when we were in that, the thickest brush for 33, 34, 35, mm. if we didn't have compasses to keep us going in the right direction, we realized we would have really started going off, drifting, you know? Yeah. Because um, we'd get so turned around. We'd be pulling a bearing, but all of a sudden that bearing wouldn't feel right. And we'd be like, is this compass working right? What's yours say? And it was right. But yeah. Isn't really it amazing weird, that how some, how, Sometimes you can doubt a compass. Yeah. You know, I mean, you yeah. you know that it's right, but it, but it's just like really. So this doesn't feel right. Yeah. So how long did that bushwhack take you guys? The bike quack, Um. I'm gonna guess an hour, two hours. I I don't know. I didn't look at my time, my clock a lot. Um, I was but, more altimeter and yeah. all that, and um, but I can tell you, it took a physical toll on on me personally. Like I felt beat after that. Like endurance stuff, I'm good with, but when it's muscular, apparently I need to get more muscles because it. I realized on this race that it wears me out pretty bad if it's muscular. Well, you know, it's something we talk about that. You weigh, you know, you weigh a third less than everybody else, and you carry the same amount of gear. You know, yeah. it. I think. Well, Karen Lunger and I talked about that. How, you know, you have less muscle mass, you, and you have to yeah. do exactly the same things. You're gonna get. It's gonna be harder. Yeah. So. I think I need to bulk up. I think that'll help. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to pump you up. So. <laughs> um. Were you guys, when you got back to the TA and the paddle had been canceled, probably since you had a bad boat, that was a good thing for you. Oh, yeah, we were worried about that because, yeah, uh, it just was, wasn't going well with that paddle. So we, that was a pretty good blessing. So, um, and did here's the important question. Did you have crepes when you were in Greenville? Well, the, actually, we didn't get the, we didn't get um the crepes oh. because what happened was we got to after the bike TA we started the Abenaki wilderness or whatever yeah um and um did that but when we were in the trees we didn't realize and this was something something we need to figure out as a team um we didn't pay attention enough to our cutoff so we missed the cutoff, um, so they had to ship us and other teams past Green, was it Greenville? Oh, yep. Um, to, to the remote TA, so we okay. picked up again from there. So, well, it's too bad because they were really good crepes. <laughs> oh, man, and I love crepes. If I would have known, I'm glad I didn't know there were crepes there because <laughs> <And they laughs> that would have been... 
and they were actually made by a French woman who moved there Aww. and opened this little little crepes trailer. So, oh, wow. so, well, welcome to the Crepe Talk podcast, everybody. <laughs> so, Lemon curd, that's my favorite right there. Lemon curd crepe. Oh, well, I had a s'more crepe, and it was oh. really good. And then I'm thinking... Well, maybe I'll have, uh, no, I've had enough. <laughs> so, um, they, which, well, how long, talk about the, the Abenaki wilderness, because that was really probably the, the crux of the race. Yeah, for sure. So, well, the, it started with the pack rafting section. And we started basically at midnight, um, mm. pack rafting out on the lake. And it was the three roaches, you know, you had Roach One Lake, I think, and then it was connected by a creek to Roach Two Lake, and that was connected by another creek to Roach Three Lake. And we pack rafted that whole thing, and that was my first experience really linking lakes with a with creeks. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, that was my favorite part of the part of the race. It, it was so fun because um, at night you're just paddling across this lake, following a bearing, hoping you're going in the right direction, and then you end up at the outlet of the pond, and all of a sudden you're doing these little tiny riffle, you know, white water. I can't really call it white water, but I don't know. It just seems super adventurous and fun. Um, we got really cold on that section, especially Thomas, but it was, it was so fun. Um, and then we got onto the, on foot, you know, for the, the, the trek from hell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was definitely the crux. We thought it would like on the map, it looks like it's going to take a couple hours. Um, And then we got into the foliage, and we realized, ooh, (laughs) unless we find a trail, this is going to be a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were looking at the tracking, and and teams were doing, luckily, if you were good, you were doing a kilometer an hour. Yeah. We we were watching Pete because we were going to try and catch him when they came out. And, like, at 6 o'clock at night, we're like, okay, they're moving this fast. If we leave here probably at midnight, you know, we can go up and we'll catch them when they come out. Well, we yeah. finally we finally left at seven o'clock in the morning, and and got up and and, and it was perfect timing. So I mean, it took oh, them yeah. seven hours longer than we were, than it looked like it was going to be. Um, yeah. So, well, were you guys? Was it daylight for you on the three peaks? It was daylight at first, and we made decent time during that section, and then. After the second peak, it um, going to the third, which was the I think the longest distance between any of them. Um, it started to get dark, and once it got dark, it got really slow going because you couldn't see where there was where it was easier to travel. You mm-hmm. just have to kind of go and hope it would pan out, and it was all just. I also think the third peak had the most rubbish of all three of them. It got progressively harder for us. Um, so it was crazy. Like Julian and I, both our packs were just ripped to shreds by the end. And if 
Thomas hadn't been following the both of us, we would have lost so much gear out of our packs. <laughs> and by the end of the race, we had Tyvek. Our packs were just held together with Tyvek packing tape <laughs> or Tyvek tape. Yeah. So what you're saying is if somebody wants a bunch of cheap AR gear, you probably could direct them to a mountaintop <laughs> that has some. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thomas left some really nice checking poles out there. So if you yeah. want them, people... Go after yeah. him, get some. Find them there. Um, and I, you may not remember this, but when you got to the third point, did you drop off to the south, or because there was <laughs> there were some teams that kind of went to the northwest? It was a little longer. Yeah. yeah. Is that the way you guys um, went? Well, our original plan was to drop off west, if I recall, because there yeah. was a little tiny trail drawn in on the map yep i wanted to i wanted to go for it there but julian he was like i don't trust that that trail's there <laughs> i think we should just go with something that we know exists and we had seen the trail on the north end earlier from the from one of the lookouts or something so yeah. uh we decided to just play it safe but we should have gambled on that one apparently so we ended up still bushwhacking um, down the north end, and we found a old plane wreck, which was crazy. Wow! And uh, oh, you know what? And, um, I saw something about that in in Greenville, in one of the in the museum. They they have like the it was a B fifty two. They had one of the ejection seats. So oh really? Yeah. So huh. not very many people yeah. have seen that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, we we stumbled right across the cockpit. Wow. Um, and, and Julian, he's a pilot, so he knew all about it and was telling us all about it, but we were kind of too tired at that point to know what he was talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then we, we ran, once we got on pavement or rock, rock road trail after that, we felt, we just felt like we were blazing. We were jogging, but we felt like we were going so fast compared to what we'd been doing for the past, you know, three peaks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were. Yeah. You're probably going Compared, four yeah. times as fast. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're like, wow, we just actually covered a kilometer in under an hour. <laughs> we're superhuman. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when you missed the cutoff, where did then where did they take you to? They took us from that TA. Um, they skipped Greenville all the way to the ski lodge or the. Okay. Uh, the remote TA. Yeah, Mountain there. Yeah. So, um, so that section from there to the Whitewater mm-hmm. looked pretty straightforward, but it looks like a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people had some trouble in there. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, how did you? I mean, how was it for you guys? It was fine. So, we just, uh, I think we learned not to trust certain trails after that. And yeah. So- um, we took a pretty straightforward route and didn't have any trouble. Um, and then got to the white water, but we, there was a, uh, not a dark zone, but a, like a river dark zone, yeah. um, yeah. in the middle of the afternoon when we got there and we got there in the middle of that dark zone. So that was kind of a bummer because we were ready to go get on the river, but we had to wait a while. Yeah. Wait for the water to come up. It- yeah. That's something that, you know, two years ago, 
when uh, you know they raise kind in the same area and you we're from out west we don't know anything about water levels that they they raise and lower the water levels every day and, yeah and you got to wait for the dam to let the water out so there's enough enough rafting for you so yeah and man once it's going it's going it's, it's, that was crazy. it's pretty interesting so um i mean for people who haven't listened or doesn't know shame on you but you get you guys had a guide for the first like really technical section Four miles? Yeah. yeah and it was like i don't know what it was but it was big water lots of volume it was incredibly fun so yeah it was it looked pretty fun actually i got a i'll post a link to one of the videos the helmet cam video with uh from there but um so did you, do you guys have it ever have any experience rafting actually yeah um julian well i'm a whitewater kayaker so i've done that for years i used to yeah. do slalom but then julian he used to be a raft guide here on the arkansas uh-huh. so he's like an old pro and then so about four miles into the river we were we had to boot our raft guide out um yeah. Everyone had to, and then so everyone else was guideless. But it was kind of neat because we had our own personal raft guide in in Julian. Yeah. So, so that, well, and that next section was fun, you know, pretty pretty low key compared to that first whitewater section. But yeah, well, it was still probably still pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah. it was. It was fun. So. Um, yeah. Oops. So before we move on to the rest of the race, there let's go on a tangent again. So were you a were you a kayaker before you started adventure racing? Yeah, that was my addiction. Um since like elementary school I wanted to be a whitewater kayaker, so I saved up my money for a long time and eventually bought a, a kayak and then I became a slalom whitewater slalom kayaker. Mm. Um and I liked to do that, and I was trying to compete at, you know, as high a level as I could. Um, but um, then college came, and I didn't have any money, <laughs> so I had to sell my sell my boats, which was yeah. sad. Yeah, selling your babies. Well, I mean, you've listened to the podcast, so you know that's kind of a running theme, that it seems like a lot of adventure racers have come from a water background. Mm, yeah. Um, just... Uh, Graham Bird, um, you know, there's a handful in Ian Adamson, and we kind of think it's oh, yeah. um, it's because you constantly have to make a, a thousand decisions in the water at all the time. So, yeah, standing on land trying to make a decision is easy. <laughs> yeah, you can stand there all day. Yeah, and nothing bad is going to happen. So. But so it's it's kind of fascinating how many adventure races come from a you know a water background. So hmm. it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. So what did you? How did you find the pack craft section in that last one? Oh, the whitewater pack craft section. Yeah. On the dead so, river. Yeah, we we hiked up the, alongside the dead river to get in, and the whole time we were worried about getting caught on the river at dark. So yeah. we were trying to push the pace, but um, we were still afraid we were going to get caught on the river at dark. Um, we got checkpoint one, 
pretty easy in the daylight, but then right after that, it started turning dark. Um, <laughs> and so we're doing fine. Our pack rafts, actually, we didn't have alpacas or anything. We had uh, some little brands, but they were doing great for us as long as we could see what route to take. Yeah. Um, but then my headlamp started to go dim, mm. and so I was like, well, I don't want to get out and ch- dry my hands off and change my batteries and all that, so I'm just going to follow Thomas. Um, and Thomas, he had a really great headlamp, um, but he couldn't see really great in either. I mean, we don't know the river, right? Yeah. yeah. And Well, well and you're and, sitting like 18 inches above it, so how far can you see anyway? Yeah, right, right. And uh, Julian had been navigating at that point, and we kind of lost track of where we were on the river because mm-hmm. um, we, we couldn't see. Um, and they were like, well, maybe we should just go this last rapid and get out and figure out where we are. <laughs> and because uh, we don't want to go down the falls. Yeah. Well, it turns out that that um, rapid was the falls. <laughs> and Thomas, Thomas, uh, I was just following him because he could see. And all of a sudden, Thomas disappears over a over a drop. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. And I didn't have time to do anything because I was right behind him. Yeah. Um, so then I go over the drop. It's just like a two-foot drop, but it's enough of a pour-over that it, we can't stay in our little off-brand pack raft because there's not much of a cockpit there. Yeah. So Thomas is swimming, and I am swimming. No one can see me that I'm swimming, but at least. Uh, Julian saw Thomas go, um, so he tries to chase him down, and Thomas gets, he gets May-tagged in a couple holes, and um, just playing, while that's all going on, I'm trying to recover myself and and uh, not die, <laughs> Yeah. not get a foot in trap. It's weird, because that's when you realize, huh, it's pretty much up to me on this one, because um, no one's out there. It's dark. No one knows no. where who's out. You know where people are. So I'm like, yep. I guess this is where I decide to <laughs> that I want to be an explorer. <laughs> you know, and um, well, I mean, is that is that what you thought? It's. I mean, was it really freaky, or were you more like I'm just going to deal with it? Well, yeah, it wasn't freaky at the moment. Um, yeah. At the moment, you just you just. You just remember basics, keep your feet up, swim hard, and you just deal with whatever's coming at you. Yeah. Afterwards, you're like, man, kind of in a bad situation. That was kind of a bad situation. Um, there was a moment where I ended up, I was swimming river left, and, and Thomas had been taking river right, and I finally got on a rock to where I could kind of gain, you know, get some energy back to figure out what I needed to do next. And um, I yelled at Julian, and thankfully he heard me that I would be river left. Um, So I ended up getting over to shore and trying to, and he ended up doing some heroics to rescue Thomas. It was pretty incredible rescue, actually. Um, I was trying to figure out how I was going to go help because I didn't have, when I dumped, my bag got washed away I didn't know what happened to it and my so did my throw rope so I didn't have anything at that point and uh Thomas was in the middle of the river and Julian 
ends up somehow getting them out of a really bad situation and bringing them. And they both came over river left. And it was funny because as soon as we all met up again, because we, that was the risk is that they didn't know where I was. And we, yeah. I didn't, if, if I lost track of where they were, we wouldn't have met up and they would have worried for like, Ever. they would have searched for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, as soon as we all met up again, we were like, we need to make a flyer, you know, <laughs> we're all <laughs> hypothermic and frozen. And, and uh, we knew Thomas was probably just worked from the amount of swimming he'd been in. And uh, so we, in Maine, it's kind of hard to find dry wood, it turns out. Um, yeah. But we finally found some dry stuff and we're able to make a fire. And since I didn't have any gear at all, anymore because we had all our gear on us you know mm-hmm. we figured the race was over because we thought the bike like following bike leg would be really long um and we didn't think they'd let us continue without mandatory gear on a longer bike ride so we thought it was pretty much over so we were like well let's finish we'll just ride to finish after this let's yeah. just get dry so we can get Chelsea's clothes dry because I didn't have any extra layers or anything. Um, and that way we can tolerate a downhill ride to the finish and cross the finish line. So yep. we hung out at the fire, got warm, dried out our clothes, and we weren't rushed anymore since we thought we were kind of out of the race, essentially. Um, then we got back to the TA, and um, they had found my backpack. It had been floating, of all things. Um and because I thought surely it was at the bottom of the river mm-hmm. and no one would ever find it. Um, but the Team Odyssey, I want to do a shout out to Team Odyssey, Mark Pansy and his crew, because um, they plucked my Packed hundreds out. of dollars of gear. Yeah. So you want <laughs> to know what's really weird about that? It's two so years it's ago. Two years ago, somebody lost their pack, went down the river, and Mark found that one. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, truly. That's his sport. He just likes to pack just likes, Yeah, likes to find packs. <laughs> yeah. But so. so we get to the TA and they're like, hey, is this your pack? And oh, I'm just so excited because I had all my gear still, which if I didn't, I wouldn't have had money to replace it for, until next year. So that would have taken me out of a couple of other races. Yeah. So um, we were pretty excited because we could continue on the race. And it turns out there was only one more point before the finish, unlike what we thought. We thought there was a big old uh, bike leg, but um, it was just one more point, and so we went and got that and crossed the finish line. A little later than anticipated, but we were really glad to be alive and <laughs> have survived what we survived in the dark there. Yeah, it was, um, there was, that was kind of a sting in the tail of the race. I mean, I... I think a lot of people just thought, well, yeah, we got, we just got to do this little hike and we're going to float down the river and a short ride and yeah. we're done. And it turned out yeah. to be pretty epic. Um, yeah, it was pretty big water when you're in little pack, rinky-dink yeah. pack rafts and can't, can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, I watched um, Swico, two of their guys, hanging onto the raft. You know, I, I saw oh, yeah. them for, you know, six, seven, eight hundred yards. And the only thing that's helped them is there was a whole bunch of canoers out there, and the one canoe guy just he just went out, they grabbed the boat and he pulled them in, or they 
They might or, still be. They still might be floating down the river. <laughs> so. It's pretty wild because, like, I was swimming as hard as I could at one point to try and get to shore, and that water was pretty strong. It just took me right, right again, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't have any more energy." Yeah, yeah it yeah. could be pretty dangerous if, so, given yeah. the wrong circumstances. So, what's the biggest lesson you've you learned? From, from going to Untamed? Um, I think just the terrain is just totally different. And, take, and, you know, if you get in five kilometers and it's a really bad route choice, it might be worth it to backtrack. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, that, that, that lesson rang true a couple or lots of times. But we didn't really quantify all that, all those lessons until the end of the race. Yeah. Well, it takes some processing, and, you know, and then of yeah. course the next, the next thing will be completely different. So, you know, yeah. the highs, it's going to be a little different in the high desert of Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll both feel a little bit more at home there. Yeah. So, oh man. But, yeah. I mean, it'll be new terrain for me, but it's all similar terrain yeah. for sure <laughs> you it let's face it it's easier when you can stand in a in a valley and see mountaintops around you it's in, instead of nothing but trees yeah it just yeah, makes the nav a sure. little bit easier yeah so. <laughs> it's true it's true but, yeah so but, but other get, lesson i learned was just that my team is really awesome like we became family for sure out there that and, is you know just Surviving with each other, learn, leaning on each other and your weak moments, and then, you know, just each other helping each, the other out. And it's pretty incredible, the teamwork that comes about. Yeah, I think, to me, that's the, the best part of racing, adventure racing, is the, you know, each team is a little family, but that family is all part of the the, the bigger family of, of yeah. AR. Because it, it, it's, it, well, it's not that big of a family. So, you know, once you've been to a couple, two, three races, you know, bigger races, you kind of know everybody, and it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice that it's – like, I want the sport to grow for sure. Um, yeah. But I do like how, how uh, I guess, accessible everyone is. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone talks. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. So um, do you have anything after Cowboy Tough? Anything planned or – yeah, we're going to try and do Gold Rush again this year. I, that was my – we did Gold Rush last year, um, and the team, unfortunately, wasn't as uh, ready for uh, as a whole um, mm -hmm. as we'd hoped. Um, but um, this year, we hope to take a good crew who's been training, you know, with Gold Rush in mind all year, and yeah. hopefully we'll be able to do a lot better than, than we did last year. Yeah, well, it'll be a little little different also. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so you guys have put non-races too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, journey racing. We're, um, we just started this year. Before before this year, we had been putting on races on, with another crew. Um, but this year, we decided to branch off on our own um, to do some of the longer races and stuff like that. So, this year we're starting off small, but next year we hope to do a 48-hour adventure race called the Nomad, and then um, 
do an ultra and a, a long bike. What are those called? I forgot what those are called. Oh, oh, uh, like a gravel grinder thing? Or... Yeah, a gravel grinder and then an ultra bike. But hmm. what are those called? Yeah. There's too many new enduro. things. I can't re- Oh, and it, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, an enduro. So some longer stuff and hopefully get, get some adventure racers out to Colorado. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, there's not a lot of racing in Colorado, adventure racing. You got Extreme and a couple others. Yeah. Really, that's about it. Yeah. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. The permitting is probably the toughest in the U.S. It's pretty yeah. pretty impossible. <laughs> but, I mean, it's doable. It just takes a lot yeah, of work it just, and a lot of yeah. I mean, that's what we find here, you know, with Rogaine Worlds and, you know, fortunately, Rick Emerson, the race director, has has dealt with the Forest Service for since Primal Quest, and so oh, it, yeah. it, you know, once you know the right people, it makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. And for if you sure. get the right person that's interested in what you're doing, it makes a big difference. Yeah, if if people know what it is and like it, yeah, it's a lot easier than mm-hmm. people who don't want any more growth in this area. Exactly. No more, no more users. So. <laughs> Well, hey, this has been fun. I've probably yeah. wore down all the battery in your phone, so. <laughs> and I have a chili dog here that's jonesing to get out for a hike, so. You know how that goes. Got to get the dog out. So. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um. Well, you know what we say: go fast, take chances. I guess you guys did. Took a lot of chances on the Dead River. Took a lot of chances. Yep, that's for sure. So. Um, <laughs> well, I really want to thank you for. We're spending some time and and uh, talking about the race, and I guess we'll uh, see you in about two weeks. We'll do well. Thanks a bunch for inviting me. I, I enjoyed it. So I think this is, I, you know, I kind of say this every time, but it's kind of really always true. But this has been a really good one. <laughs> so uh, I don't want people to think I just say that all the time, but um, <laughs> it you. You guys, your guys' race in Untamed was like, a, a, yeah, you know, like we said before, very representative, and and I think it uh, it gives another insight into adventure racing for people. No, yeah, where yeah. where the uh, maybe not everything goes perfectly, but it's still a good time. Yeah, we push through and have a race to be proud of. Hopefully, <laughs> so well, you should be so. All right. Well, thanks. Go, uh, go, go. Do some training or something. We'll do. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Sweet western wind, whose luck it is, make rival with the air to give Perena's lip a kiss and fan her wanton hair. Bring me but one, I'll promise thee, instead of common showers. Thy wings shall be embalmed by me, and all beset with flowers.
Nakites make rival with the air, To give Perena's lip a kiss, And fan her wanton hair. Bring me but one, I'll promise thee, Instead of common showers, Thy wings shall be embalmed by me, And all beset with flowers.